Thank you for listening to today's message. Avenue Church is a Christian church located in Las Vegas. For more information, visit avenuechurch.cc. Enjoy the message. Come on, give it up for the 80s, everybody. My goodness, probably brought some of you back, and that's okay. Maybe some of you guys were like having flashbacks. Like, no, no. But man, we're excited. We're starting a new series called Mixtape. My name's Pastor Jeremy. Along with my wife, we just have an awesome honor of pastoring this incredible church. So give it up for yourselves, man. We got an amazing church, and it's just been incredible. It's been incredible. Man, we are embarking on one year next week. And so, man, don't miss this birthday. Come back next week. It's going to be crazy. We're still continuing in our mixtape series, but we are going to celebrate, man. We're going to celebrate one year. I don't know if you had a baby, and after that one-year celebration, you're like, why are you celebrating a baby at one years old? They don't know. They're not going to remember. Like, no, but we didn't. We didn't kill it. It's still here. We did it. We survived. And so that's what we're going to do next week. We're going to party and celebrate what God has done. Here at Avenue Church, <laughs> if you don't have kids, it's not like that. It's awesome. It's just a beautiful thing. And uh, so, man, we're pumped. Also, I got to echo, man, if you want to help us in, uh, in Growth Track, today's step one. It's a great day to join, join us, learn all about our church, learn our story. But also, we want to help you discover your next step, that every individual has, is one step away. And, we, and every single person has their own unique step. And so one of the reasons why we have a great church is because we have great people. We have great people that attend, great people that come. We have amazing people that serve on what we call the A-team. The A-team. I think that came out in the 80s too because we like it when a plan comes together. And so we have an amazing A-team. And so to highlight 80s or even 90s, all right? This is kind of like your teenage years, but kind of highlight some of our key people. At the 930 service, we have Dave and Linda Shipley. So pop up their picture. They greet. They're on the greeters team. And so we give it up for Dave and Linda. They're amazing. They're, uh, they're incredible. Dave's got a sweet car, but they're an amazing couple. And they submitted their photo. And so I want you to check out, look at their 80s photo of Dave and Linda. Yeah, baby. Look at that, huh? Dave got game. I come. I love that. Look at that. He's got pop that collar. He's, he knows. And so David and Linda, that's their photo. There's another great couple. <laughs> ah, there's another great couple. Uh, Carissa and Rich, they're our host coordinators. They're our host coordinators. They serve on the host team. They, operate, they, they plan. They schedule. They do an amazing job at Avenue Central. How many know who they are? They're probably out there right now. They're just killing it. They're amazing. Well, they submitted their, 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 their homecoming picture. And I believe it was early 90s. Check this out. Yes. Yes. Look at that. Carissa's like, don't you go near my man. <laughs> I love that look. She's like, no, right? Yeah, I love that hair. Got the hair going up. Her hair was saved back then before she was. Look at that. Praising Jesus up there. I love that. Look at Rich, man. She told me afterwards, she's like, we didn't smile back then, all right? We didn't smile back then. And so can you imagine her at Avenue Central? She's like, oh, you're a first-time guest? <laughs> Welcome. Here's my last one is Juan. We see Juan all over the place on our publications, marketing, things like that. My man Juan, how many love Juan? We appreciate Juan. There's only, there's only one Juan, man. We love Juan. And uh, so he submitted his 80s picture. He got literal. And so here it is. Here's his 80s photo. Yes. Look at that. Lindsay, that's what you fell for, baby. Come on. I love it. And he grew into that head. I love that. 
So I just love that. And so, man, if you got an 80s photo, 90s photo, we don't care, send it in, tag us on Facebook, Instagram, and we would love to just share that experience because it's amazing to see change. How, re- how many people remember the 80s, man? How many remember the 80s? Remember, um, I got to find it. Remember when Atari came out? Where's Atari at? Where's Atari came out? We have an Atari somewhere on this stage. Here it is. How many remember this baby, huh? The Atari, right? Very similar to the, uh, to the Nintendo. We go... <laughs> Right? It's not working. Put it in. And the Atari only had one joystick and a red button. That's all we had back in the 80s. And then the Nintendo came out. I remember the original Nintendo, baby. The original Nintendo and Duck Hunt. Duck Hunt. How many of that just brought you back? You saw that dog and you just pulled something out. You're like, oh, no. But how many of you were like me? You didn't shoot from a distance. You shot right up against that screen, man. You were gangster. You're like, Bam! Come at me, duck. <laughs> you had duck hunt going on. All the different games that you could play. Pac-Man. All those different games that you could play in the 80s. How many remember 80s movies? They were terrible and we loved it. They were terrible and we loved it. So we got Rocky. How many remember Rocky? We, got, we can't do an 80s mixtape series without Rocky Balboa. Yo, Adrian, right? Rocky Balboa. He's fighting Apollo Creed. And then the second one, he's fighting uh, uh, Drago. Remember Drago? We were terrified of him, Drago, and uh, Drago was doing the drugs. He had a treadmill, but Rocky, what did he have? He had a barn, all right? He had tires, he had hay, he had chopping wood. Rocky invented CrossFit, y'all. He invented CrossFit. He didn't have to pay $1,000 per month, but Rocky's a great, great movie in that. Karate Kid. I remember the Karate Kid. Daniel son. And, and, and his mentor was Mr. Miyagi, that's right. How many remember this? That's right, my people. Welcome to Avenue Church. We just need you to wax on, wax off. I remember, I remember, <laughs> I see all you. It's like you guys doing worship together. That's awesome. That's awesome. I remember watching that scene where he, he, you know, Daniel stands being a punk, and then Mr. Miyagi's like, clean the car, wax on, wax off. He's like, no, it's like this, no. Wax on, wax off. And you're like, what's going on here? Something's going to happen here, man. Daniel, stop being a punk. You got to respect Mr. Miyagi. Wax on and wax off. And that next scene, he's like, he's like, Mr. Miyagi, this is stupid. And, me, and Mr. Miyagi, what does he do? He shoots at it. He goes, pow. He goes, wow. <gasps> and we were all like, I got to go wax the car. I got to <laughs> wax on, wax off. Wax on, wax off. How many remember the famous karate kid move? What's it called? What's it called? What's it called, y'all? What's this called? I can't even do it now. I'm old, right? <laughs> the crane. Remember the crane, right? The crane. Worst karate move ever, right? You just walk up and you go, ah, right? But the crane worked in that movie. So the karate kid, that was a great, great movie. How about music and songs? Music and songs. Whitney Houston. I just want to love. I just want to dance with somebody. How about Journey? Don't stop. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. You guys did way better than 930 service. 930 service is like, that's satanic. You know, I was like, whoa, okay. Just kidding, man. Don't stop believing. Great song. I begin to sing some songs this morning, and uh, on my watch, my wife texts me, and so I was like, don't stop believe." And she texts me, and I looked at her real quick, and she said, stop singing. I said, babe, I'm up here doing work. 
So I'm not going to sing today unless my heart desires. (laughs) But the reason why we're calling mixtape is, raise your hand if you have like a playlist on Spotify, playlist on iTunes, uh, even some of my my, my people, right? You had a CD playlist, right? You got that CD going, you're burning CDs. But the reason why we call this series mixtape is because on the mixtape, and you take a cassette in the 80s, and what you would do you would stick it into a cassette player, and then you would wait until the song came on in the radio. And so you would sit there, and you would wait, and you'd be like, okay, is this my song? Because it was blank, and you pop this in. I was inviting people this week, and I was like, hey, man, our church is doing it. And they're like, is this your sermon? And I was like, please, no, please, right? And so you pop in the blank mixtape, and all of a sudden you wait, and you have to hit what to record? You have to hit play and, pa- uh, play and record at the same time. All right, you messed it up. No, I messed it up. I got to wait another 16 hours till that song comes back on. And so you would call the radio guy and then you would wait. You'd be like, hey, we have another song. Da, 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 da. And then you wait. No, I don't want that song on my mixtape. No. And then you would wait like five minutes until the song's over. And then the next song, you're like, okay, okay. No, I can't do that one either. That's not a good song. That's not my jam right there. That's not my jam right there. And then finally, like the third song, then you would go, Yes, and then you would hit it, and then you'd be late. You'd miss like the entire first verse, right? And you're like, oh, there we go. I got it on there. And you would create a mix on a cassette tape. Why do I say that? Because, man, if you like somebody in the 80s, all right, you would make them a love mixtape. And that took a lot. Something happened. You would make them a love mixtape. And you put all those love songs on there, and when you gave it to them, you're like, I like you. Right? Here's a love mixtape. And you weren't just handing them a tape or a cassette. You were handing them like 80 hours of work, all right? <laughs> you know, I didn't do anything but stayed on the radio and was like, no, not that one. I can't do that one, right? That's going to send some mixed signals. <laughs> and the reason why we're calling it mixtape because mixtape takes a lot of work to make, just like relationships take a lot of work, a lot of time, a lot of effort. And so today, we're going to begin our six-week series in a, what's called a mix tape. I want to do an activity real quick, all right? I'm going to help some people out in this room. I'm going to sing a part of a song, because my wife's not here in this service. I'm going to sing a part of a song, and I'm going to give you an action, and I need you to complete the song, all right? Like I said, don't stop me. You said, believe it, right? So I'm going to give you a different song. I'm going to give you an action. So are you ready for this? All right, I'm going to sing this part, and then I need you to do an action and sing immediately after I tell you the action, finish the song. Cool? You ready for this? Ready? I want to know what love is. Turn your spouse. Turn your favorite. Sing it. <laughs> I know y'all, like, you don't have spouses. So I don't know what happened over here. All right, but I'm for you, not against you. All right. But we want to have fun in this series. And we're believing not only are we going to have some fun, not only is it great to see so many people dressed up in this era, but we're believing in this series that God's going to heal marriages. God's going to heal relationships. God's going to begin to heal us. That every sermon in this series during the next six weeks, it's not going to be one sermon is just for married people and single people are like, oh, come on. Or one sermon is just for single people and married people are like, run and tell that. You run and tell them. You know what I mean? Every sermon is going to have a mixture of everything. Why? Because we believe that God wants to begin to heal our relationships. How many remember when we were first start dating, whether we're teenage or junior high, and we would approach dating and say, you know what, I need to find somebody. I mean, I'm like losing time. I'm 12 years old. I'm losing time. And we would begin to jump into relationships. How many know we knew nothing except what movies told us and what culture told us? We knew nothing except what we saw in other unhealthy relationships. That there's some unhealthy aspects to relationships. So I'm going to write a few down. Number one is unrealistic expectations. 
And all the married people said, amen, right? Unrealistic expectations. I'm going to find the right one, and it's going to be perfect. It's going to be amazing. They're going to be mind readers. We're not going to have any issues, no flaws. Number two, out-of-control emotions. I'm going to stop right there. Number three, all right, poor communication. Poor communication. We don't know how to communicate in a relationship. We don't know how to communicate as individuals. How many remember when someone passed you a note, whether it was in the, you know, as a teenager in high school, and the ladies were really good at this. They would take a piece of paper, the paper would be like this big, right? And they would fold it, and they would write secret things on there. And they, by the time they were done folding it, it was like a size of a penny, right? And they would put it on your desk with a little heart on there, you know, and you walk up to your desk, you're like, what is this? And you would open it up, and as you unfold it, it'd be like, I, oh, I, okay, and you keep folding it, love, you're like, oh, wow, love, somebody, some ladies didn't go that fast, they were like, like, like you, I like you, right, and so you go, like you, right, and you're like, and they go, who's this from, and they go, from so-and-so, and some of us be like, oh, my goodness, right, but most of us be like, oh, no, what am I to do with this information, right, one time, I wrote a note to a girl, and uh, in, in school, so don't tell my wife. All right. So I wrote a note. And on the note, I was a, I was a dude. All right. So dudes were kind of like, I like you. And then we folded it just a couple of times. It was like a big square. Here you go. I ain't doing none of that work because I don't want to really set that standard in our relationship. Right. And so, <laughs> and so I wrote down, uh, uh, do you like me? And I had three check boxes because I was smart. All right. I had to cover all bases. And so the first check box was a big box. It would say yes. The second one was a tiny little box that said no. I made the box harder to check mark, all right? I, I wanted her to be like, no, where's that box, right? And then the third one was maybe, right? Because I'm like, hey, I'll go 50-50. Like maybe, you know, if I squint a little bit, maybe I like you. <laughs> I remember I put it on her desk while she went, everyone was at recess, so I came in. I was, like, I was like a ninja, man. I had that piece of paper. I was like, all right, time for recess. Boom, on her desk. Walked away, went to recess, came back. And I remember she picked up that paper, and my heart was pounding. And I was watching her going, oh, my goodness, this is it. I might have a girlfriend, or my reputation is going to be totally tarnished, all right? Like, like I'm going to be that dude. Like, just got rejected. And so she opens it up, and she giggles, and she turns bright red, and she reads it, and she sees the three check boxes, And then she goes, but nobody left a name. I was like, dang it! <laughs> forgot my name. Oh, I never told her to. I was like, that, that fool's got bad handwriting. I don't know who that was. But we come into poor communication in that we lack responsibility. We have lack of responsibility. Now, I've realized that as styles perhaps might come back around, as, as our culture begins to change, many of us have changed in many areas except for relationships. If you really take a step back, you go, wow, nothing has changed since those days. That in our relationships, we need to learn how do we overcome the myths of relationships. That God designed us for relationships. So I want you to understand, this is not a series where you go, oh man, they're talking about me. I'm, I'm not going to come back for six weeks. This is a series where we're going to confront and God's going to bring hope and healing to your relationships. He's going to begin to break the cycle. We want to give you information so that you can have a healthy relationship. So God can restore your relationships, your marriages, your dating, your spouse your boyfriend, your girlfriend, all that, even prepare you for the right one. 
And so there's some myths that we begin to go into because romantic comedies, rom-coms, have changed our perception of marriage, changed our perception of, 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 of relationships. I remember a, a terrible movie, The Notebook. The Notebook. The Notebook. Right? People love that movie. I'm offending you. I love you guys, but come on. They meet, they meet together, they, they, they introduce one another, like fall in love apparently right there, and then, then he goes off to the war, and he writes letters, but she never gets the letters, and so she's like, homeboy left me, and so she finds this really nice guy named Lon. And so here's Noah, he comes back, and she's nowhere to be found, so he's rebuilding a house that they said they could live in together, oh my gosh, right? And, and then she, she's engaged to Lon, and she shows up and sees this guy, and she's like, where were you? And he was like, where were you? She's like, I hate you. He's like, I hate you. And she's like, you didn't, you didn't contact me. Where's the letters? And he's like, the letters are right here. She's like, oh my God, you wrote me letters. She's like, I wrote you letters. Like, who does that, right? And then she's like, I love you. And he's like, you love me. I love you. Rain kiss. <laughs> right? Rain kiss. And all the ladies were like, oh my God. The entire time I was like, what about Lon? <laughs> what about Lon? Man, they were engaged. Poor Lon. He should have proposed in the rain. How about another terrible movie, Titanic? Titanic. Titanic. Remember uh, Jack and Rose or whatever her name is? And, and, and you got Celine Dion and they're on, that, they're on that front of that rudder. You know what I'm talking about? They're... <laughs> and we're all like, I want to be them. It's like the ship sank, y'all. I still want to be them. Celine Dion, love most. I, have, I even had to write it down, right? Whatever she sings. How many know Jack could have fit on the door. <laughs> How many know what I'm talking about, right? He could have fit. Rose is like, I love you. He's like, I love you, right? Some of you feel like that in your relationship right now. Can I get on the board? No! <laughs> I love you, babe. She's like, I can't bring you back because no, I need... I, I. <laughs> She's like, I can't bring you back to shore because I need no, no, nobody. I was, I was not with you. She's like, goodbye. <laughs> I love you, you know. That was, that was love. That was relationships. Uh, so here's some relationship myths. You ready? I even had this. Twilight. 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 I love him. He's a vampire. He's going to kill you, you know. He's a vegan vampire. Okay, cool. So write this down. Here's some relationship myths as I go through this. Number one, if I find the right person, everything will be all right. That's a myth. If I find the right person, everything will be all right. That I don't have to change anything because they're going to accept me for who I am. And all the married people said, ha-ha, right? <laughs> They'll accept me for who I am. All my faults, my weaknesses, the whole idea of finding the one. And I believe when you say, I do, they become the one. But if we have this whole idea, of, man, if I find the one out of all these people, if I find the one, that thought stays with you after you find the one. And in your marriage relationship, next thing you know, you've been married for a while and you lose that fire. You lose that passion. And next thing you know, you're going to go, you know what? Maybe that's not the one anymore. I need to find another one. We want to find a different replacement because you know what? It's not the one anymore. Did I pick the wrong one? Is this too hard? This is difficult. You see, we get our ideas from Disney, right? Every Disney princess had the one. A Little Mermaid. I watched that with my son. Little Mermaid. I was like, this is messed up. 
is to watch Little Mermaid. She's like, save the guy. She's had to get out of the beach. She loses her voice. They get married in three days, and she couldn't talk. And so because she couldn't talk, she almost missed out on the opportunity to get married to him. And I was like, Ariel, write him a letter. Like, this is me. I lost my voice. Marry me. Done, right? But there's many different preconceived ideas. Even Aladdin, where he's up there on the magic carpet, right? He's like, it's a whole new world. It's the same place. It's the same place. You're going to meet the one, and you're still where you're at. Nothing's going to change. It's the same place. Why? If I find the right person, everything will be all right. Myth number two, we just need chemistry and passion. Man, what are you looking for in a, in a, in a, in a soulmate? Somebody that gives me chemistry and we got passion. Okay, you know, we're going to do after year one, right? Like chemistry and passion. That's a myth that we begin to find. That every love song you've ever heard, it's all physical. Did you say, you know what, if we, if we connect, then perhaps they are the one. Then here's the problem, even with that mindset, that when you begin to lose that chemistry and passion, the next thing you know, you're going to work and you're saying, okay, I'm married and it's normal, whatever, and, and I lost that chemistry and I feel like I lost that passion. And you go to work and maybe there's a gal at work and you tell her, I'm really, you know, just a joke and she laughs and you go, oh, we have chemistry and passion. That's where you need to say, you know what, abort, abort, I need to get out of this. It's a myth that we have. And we have to understand that, you know what chemistry and passion is in marriage? It's like, you want to clean the house? I thought you never asked, baby. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Myth number three is we need sex. We need sex. Some men here are saying, come on, pastor. Come on, pastor. Help me out. <laughs> I want you to understand, in these next six weeks, I want to make a pledge to you, a promise to you, that I'm not going to talk crude. I'm not going to be a shock and awe kind of guy that we're going to talk about sex here at Avenue Church. If you've got little ones here in this room, uh, during the next six weeks, they're going to be learning some great things all about Jesus at Avenue Kids. We have an amazing team in all those different four, uh, four programs that we have for our little ones. But if you're a parent with teenagers or you have young adults, if you are a young adult, you need to be here every single Sunday for the next six weeks. Why? Because we're going to help you. Why? Because we want to help train you. We want to help you understand. You can give God a praise for that. We want to help you understand. What the Bible says about sex, not what culture says. Now, even if you're a parent in this room, we're going to help you begin to, uh, what do I say to my little ones? What do I say to my teenager or to my young adult? And we're going to help you uh, give you those words. We're going to help you give some relationships advice. But we always say sex is a need. And we're going to talk about that in the confinements of marriage. We're going to talk about that before marriage. But you know what a need is? Water. You know, like air. That's a need in our life. But so often and I, I want to tell you that the problem is, is that we take the relationship under the covers before it's covered by God. And when we do that, we're broken. We're hurt. We just want to help you begin to heal. If you're here today, we're not going to talk about it in a nasty way. But if you're here today, I want you to know that God created sex, but the world begins to break it. The world begins to distort it. That could be a good thing in our life. That so many people have been broken by sexual encounters and addictions. And we're believing in the next six weeks that God's going to begin to heal you. God's going to begin to touch you. And he's going to do a work in our lives in Jesus' name. The next one, the last myth, is that marriage is full of drama. Marriage is full of drama. I don't ever want to get married because it's drama, right? How many know it's not drama? It's my new normal, right? 
I don't know if you've ever taken a pregnant wife to the hospital when her water has broken. That is not drama. That's fun, right? That's insane craziness, right? Marriage is full of drama. I don't want to be a part of that. I just want to live my life. And the problem is, so many times we begin to start relationships wrong. That we often, we just take a guess on what it would look like. And so we say, you know what, I, I know what, what relationships is. I, I see it in movies. I see it in, in other relationships, things like that. And so I need to find somebody who's going to make me happy. Who's going to make me happy. So this is the happy emoji, all right? He's blowing a kiss because he, he's like, what's up, baby? I sent this to my wife one time in a text message. Nothing. Got nothing back. Uh, didn't really work. But this, 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 this block represents happiness. To say, you know what, I'm going to find somebody who makes me happy. They make me happy. And so because they make me happy, we're going to get physical. And so here we go. I'm going to start with physical. And, you know, because that's, that's all I know and that's what culture's taught us. I want you to understand, sometimes it's all we know. What we know is what we replicate. And so when you say, you know what, I want to be happy. And so they made me happy. So I'm going to be physical in that. And then after we're physical, uh, whether it's days, weeks, months, or years, then we'll fall in love. Then we'll get emotional. Then we'll say, you know what? I, I love this person. You know what? I, I, they make me happy. I, I, I can see myself with this person for the rest of my life. And so now we're, we're emotional. Now we say, you know what? Uh, man, uh, we're going we're gonna to get married. Why are you going to get married? Because we're in love. Is there anything else? You know what I mean? Like, you know, what, what is it? But there's an emotional stage that we go through. I remember this emotional stage. It feels good. Don't get me wrong. I remember calling my wife, and we were just dating at that time, and, and maybe for some of you, it was a cord phone, right? You brought that cord all the way down the hallway into your room, and you had to check, make sure nobody else was listening in, and you'd be like, you'd be like, you hang up. I mean, I'm talking about, no, you hang up. And then you wait. You didn't hang up, did you? No, oh, you're the one, you know. I love you, you know. What'd you say? Nothing. I remember AOL, like chatting. How many remember AOL dial-up? You chat on there. I really like you. Who's your favorite football team? You know, <laughs> go Eagles, man. But here's what happens: is that we, in this phase, we act upon what we already know based upon our own experiences. We're physical and then we're emotional, but we still don't know them. And so here's what happens: is after we're physical, after we're emotional, and we say, "I love this person," then we become social. Then we begin to introduce them to people in our lives. Then we begin to go out and about. Then we begin to go into, man, I, I, you need to meet my family. We were already physical and emotional. We were in love. But now, you know what? We're going to get social. Have you ever had someone ask you for approval after they've already made their decision? Right? What do you think about him? Well, you're engaged to be married, so thumbs up, right? <laughs> kind of already made your choice. Or maybe you have somebody in your life who say, no, you know what? I, they're kind of weird. Like, I think they're a serial killer, right? I don't think you should marry them. And you'd be like, stop it. We're in love. I'm like, sorry. But there's so many times when their foundation is a little rocky or foundation is a little mixed up. After we get married, we get divorced. You have friends and family say, I told you so. You should have left him long ago. And you're like, where were you? Why? Because we're doing it backwards. So after we go through that social stage, we begin to introduce them to other people in our life. A lot of people get married in this stage. I want you to understand that the emotional stage only lasts 16 to 18 months. But this is every Hollywood movie right here. Every Hollywood movie wants to work off these two blocks and skip this one. 
So after we begin to know each other and we're in the, in the social stage and we say, you know what, this is not a good place to get married. It's just physical. It's just emotional. You know what, I'm going to get social and we're going to introduce some other people in our lives. And now, you know what, maybe we got married. Now we're married and it gets a little rocky, it gets a little hard. And this is what happens now. And you know what this stage is? This is when you get married or move in together and all of a sudden you're like, You do this. You know how many talking about? Like before, you were like, oh my God, you're so cute. Now it's like, why? Why do you do that? Right before, it was like, oh my God, you're so cute. And you're like, you do that one more time. I promise you. You know what interpersonal is? Interpersonal is where you really begin to learn who they are. I want you to understand that our culture says, I need you to skip the stages. I need you to get physical, emotional, then maybe social. And then you get to know who they really are. What are their hopes? What are their dreams? Do they really like the Packers? Your entire family likes the Packers? Okay, I'm walking away, all right? That's for you all over there. I love you guys. But there's an interpersonal stage where we say, you know what? Now I begin to know who they are. That this is the stage where, man, you, just, you say, man, we have nothing in common. You're strange. The in-love phase goes away. And I want you to understand, the in-love phase goes away, and that's normal. Why? Because marriages work. It takes work. Marriage is saying, you know what, God, do a work in me to save my marriage. Maybe young couples are saying, man, we're getting married. I said, why are you getting married? I'm delighted. I get to do three weddings again this year. I'm delighted to to be a part of that. It's going to be an amazing thing. But so many times I'll ask couples, why are you getting married? We're in love, okay? What does he do? Who is she? Like, you know he's living in his mother's basement. Yeah, but we're in love. I don't love that kind of person, you know? We're going to change the world. He can't even Uber, okay? <laughs> but we have to be careful. We got to begin to know who that person is. And then so many times we say, you know what? I'm in this relationship, and now I, I, I know who they are. And now it's, you know, I don't know if, if I like it, but you know what? We're going we're gonna to stay together, or, or maybe to fix it, we're going to get divorced, and I'm going to try it all, all over again. And that's when we begin to turn to God. That's where we say, man, this is great life-giving church called Avenue. Man, I'm going to go to Avenue, and I love this. It's a place where you can, you can belong before you believe. It's a place where there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. It's a place where we can say, hey, let me help you find your next step. It's a place where there's no perfect people. We're all messed up. Why? Because we're all sinners saved by grace. But so many times we say, you know what? I'm going to go to Avenue, and I'm going to go on grow track. I'm going to get connected. I'm going to serve in the A-team. And man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to insert uh, spiritual relationships here. I'm going to insert God now into my marriage. And what happens when we do this? We begin to feel the weight. We begin to feel guilt and condemnation. We begin to feel, you know what? I'm not good enough. You know what? I made the wrong choices. I made the wrong decisions. And if you're here today, I want you to know this is what God does. God says, no, 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 no. Let me take that because my yoke is easy and my burden is light. God says, you know what, let's start all over. But let's not start all over with a different person or a different relationship. Let's simply start all over with me. And the Bible says that we could sit at the feet of Jesus and we could begin to understand who he is a little bit more. Instead of looking for the right one, become the right one. To say, I'm looking for somebody and God says, let me work in you. Let me get you ready for relationship. Maybe you're already in a marriage and you're like, I'm ready to throw in the towel. This is terrible. This is, I just don't want any part of this. And God is saying, time out. Let's hold on to that because I can heal that and I can restore that. But I, let's, let's work on you. People here at Avenue Church, we want you to know God because when you know God, then you begin to find freedom. 
Then God begins to set you free in your life. And so God says, man, I want to get you connected at Avenue Church. I want to help you discover your purpose, help you find your next step. And then God says, after you do that, and man, you're, you're on fire for God. Man, you're, you're learning about the things of God. Listen, I just want you to understand that this is a great step to start. And then God says, then let's get social. Then let's get plugged into groups. Groups are huge to me. Why? Because we believe that life change happens in the context of groups. When you're doing life together and you're saying, you know what? This is, social is only going to make this stronger. If I surround myself around the right people. There's a quote that I took and kind of rehashed a little bit. But show me your friend's marriage and I'll show you your marriage. Get yourself around healthy marriages. If you're here in this, in this church and you're like, we have a healthy marriage, start a marriage group, please. Begin a marriage group. Begin to help model what a healthy marriage looks like, what a healthy relationship looks like. So often I see us begin the spiritual, and maybe we've got a broken marriage, but we're starting over and we're going to take our next step to know God. And then we, we begin to go back into social. I've seen other people begin to bad mouth and say, you know what? You need to leave that man. You need more. It's like, more what? More men? What do you need more of? Get around people to say, you know what? You need to pray for your spouse. You need to pray for your boyfriend. Pray for your girlfriend. Pray for your future spouse. Why? Because we're going to do life together. And after we do life together, then we can become interpersonal. Then you can begin to realize who they are, what their hopes and what their dreams are. When you begin to realize, what has God called them to do? What has God placed in their hearts? Because we believe in Avenue Church that God, gave somebody, God has given us purpose. Then he places us here on this earth. God didn't place you on this earth and said, oh, shoot, I got, I got to figure out what to do with this individual. But God has given us purpose. And this is where we really begin to know who they are. And then if we do it in this direction, we do it in that way, then we begin to get emotional. Then we can fall in love. Then we can say, you know what? I believe this is the person for my life. And when we do it this way, it becomes a beautiful thing. It becomes a beautiful thing to fall in love. Why? Because you loved him first. You loved Jesus first. And as you go through these stages, and then the last part is, then it's happiness. Can I get an amen, somebody, right? Then it's happiness. And you can see how when Christ becomes your cornerstone and Christ becomes your foundation, everything just falls right into place. And it's firm. It's solid. It still has its troubles. It still has its, uh, you know, arguments and issues. We're going to talk about that during the next six weeks. We're going to talk about how to fight fair. We're going to talk about how to have relationships. We're going to learn about how to do life, how to find the one. That even uh, next week, I'm going to give you a, full, a, full, a foolproof test for you to realize, did you marry the right person? So we're going to give you a test next week. So bring your spouse and say, Pastor Jeremy's going to let me know if I married the right person. I want you to bring them to Avenue Church. But also, we're going to talk about what is love at Avenue. You know, Andy Stanley, he wrote a book called Love, Sex, and Dating. He began to write a really good uh, quote, and I want to quote this to you today. So if you're taking notes as I wrap up today, this is what he says. He says, are you who the person you're looking for is looking for? I want to say that one more time. Are you who the person you're looking for is looking for? Become the one before you find the one. And Andy Stanley, he begins to tell this story. This young lady, she graduated from high school, went off to college, and at college, she began to go, go, go to parties, do all the crazy things, drink, get drunk, have sex multiple times. 
and begin to live that lifestyle. Until finally one day after many years, a friend of hers said, hey, I want to invite you to a dinner party. There's some great people getting together. I want to invite you to a dinner party. And so she said, sure. And so she went to a dinner party. And this dinner party was unlike anything she's ever experienced before. People were kind. People were having fun. And she met a guy there. So that night she went home and she told her mom, she was excited. She said, mom, you'll never believe this. I found, I met a guy. I found the guy. And her mom said, really, honey, tell me a little bit about him. And she said, I've never met anyone like him. He was so honoring. You know, he looked at me. He began to tell me about Jesus for 30 minutes. Like, who does that? He began to tell me that God had a purpose for my life. I think I'm going to marry him. I think he's the one. And her mom had tears in her eyes, began to cry. And her mom said, oh, honey, did he ask for your number? She said, no, mom, he, he, I guess he didn't ask for my number. She said, honey, he was, he was witnessing to you. He was preaching the gospel to you. Because he wants you to start here. He wants you to take that step. That, honey, you're not who he's looking for. And that young lady gave her life to Christ and said, you know what? I need to restore my perception of relationships. I need to restore how I do life because I want a healthy relationship. Matt, if you're here today over the next six months, we're going to talk about how to be single, how to date, how to be married. We're going to talk about how God can heal, how God can restore. We're going to talk about many different things. So I encourage you, bring a friend every single week. You will not be embarrassed. And we're going to talk a little bit more about this little pyramid talk about how we're going to take right steps. A lot of times, please don't think, oh, that this is merely just marriage and dating and sex. This can be relationships, friendships, people we do life with. So will you just bow your heads, close your eyes. I'm going to pray over you today. I want to get you out of here so we can get our Super Bowl snacks together. We can eat as much as we can today. But if you're here today and you're in this room and you don't have that foundation, I want to tell you, with every head, with every eye closed, it is okay if you don't. It is okay if you don't. But we want to walk you on this journey to say, hey, let's start all over again. Let's begin that foundation where we can say, let's put God in our life. Quit trying to fix your marriage. Quit trying to fix your relationship. But allow God to fix you. Divorce is not a fix. But say, God, I'm going to start all over again. I'm going to allow you to be my rock. I'll allow you to be my foundation. If you're here today and you've been maybe hurt, maybe you need some hope and healing today, I'm going to pray with you. But maybe you're in this room, you never made that decision to know God. But I want to help you today with every head bowed, eye closed. And you say, Pastor, this is my first time. Maybe I've been coming here for weeks or months. But I want to give Jesus my life because I want to start there. I want to start with God in my life. I want to start with the spiritual. If that is you today, just put a hand up and put it right back down. Put a hand up. Yes, yes. Anyone else? Put a hand up. Put it right back down. Yes, thank you. And let's pray. I want every single person to pray this prayer. Why? Because we do life together. We're not alone in this. Say, dear Jesus, I am broken. I'm a sinner. You're the only one 
who can save me. In this moment, right now, I'm asking you to forgive me, to be my Savior, to be Lord of my life. Heal, heal me today. Restore my perception of relationships. Restore my marriage. Restore me. Help me to become the one so I can find the one. In Jesus' name I pray. Everybody sat. Amen and amen. Come on, give God a praise today. Will you stand with me, please, real quick? Man, I love you guys. You're really going to enjoy this series. You just buckle up, hold on, watch out. It's going to be incredible. But here's what I want us to do today. That I understand as we begin to talk about this, some things can, be, can kind of get pulled out of us to say, mm, I thought I dealt with that. Well, we have an amazing prayer team, and I want them to pray with you today. They're going to be on the sides and even up on the front here. And I'm just going to dismiss you. I love you guys. We have an amazing worship team. They're going to sing one more song. And man, you could be dismissed during that song. But also, if you're here today and you say, I want to make a difference. I want to help me find my next step. Join me in Growth Track. I'm going to teach Growth Track step one today. And there's only three app sessions in Growth Track. And we want to help you discover who you are. We want to help you discover your purpose. Next Sunday, it's Water Baptism Sunday. And so we're dunking some folks. We're water baptizing some people I see already. We're excited for that. So, man, we love you guys. Have an amazing Sunday. And we're praying for the Eagles, right? We pray for the Eagles? Pray for the Eagles? Patriots, man, we love you guys. Have a great day. Go ahead.